It's Marvelous, or The Death of Cinema, the last and only movie podcast for the ultimate cinephile, the, the cinephilio, the, those of you that just want to cram uh, strips of 35mm film into your orifices. Just shove it in uh, your mouth, uh, snort a whole line of 8mm up your nose. I've, I have a, a, a lovely uh, print here of uh the original release of uh uh Ivan Strotsky's uh Forward Unto Dawn and I am just going to wrap it around my hard shaft and uh uh yeah I'm going to stop there this isn't uh, You're going to you're going to go no you're going to wrap it around you're going to wrap Delete it around this. your neck and your dick and you're going to take the K- David Carradine weight out yeah, no, no. I, I, you know, if I was, you know, what if I was, was would that if you're gonna like, if I was gonna kill myself, like in terms of the impact it would have on my friends and family, would it be better to stage it like autoerotic asphyxiation? <coughs> like, is that more or less traumatic than suicide? <coughs> Shit, I hit the vape too hard. Um, <laughs> as, as you guys can tell, we're really put together this episode so far. Um, <laughs> um, but to answer your question, um, keep in mind that every time people think of David Carradine, they're not thinking about, oh, it's Bill from Kill Bill or Kung Fu. Kung Fu, the legendary No, they're journeys. thinking about that's the guy who died jerking off. So is that how you want I mean, to be remembered? He died doing what he loved. And if you die that's doing true. what you love, that's it's true. not a tragedy. <laughs> but he did die jerking off. <laughs> um, speaking of jerking off, uh, we're Guardians of the Galaxy go- Volume Two, um, which is interesting because we're actually having a divergence of opinion on this. Well, it, it's a diver. It's 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 a it's like a um, uh, a European mainstream political party divergence of opinion. Were you? kind of like it and i kind of don't but it's like fine like it's it's like the for to me it's just it's the first one but it just isn't as good none of the characters feel quite on point i'm just not as i mean not that the first one swept me off my feet but like i'm just this one i just wasn't like all the same pieces are there i just didn't find any investment in it i uh this concludes our episode (laughs) I mean, I did a complete 180 on it. I said previously that I've I've seen it before and I did not like it. Um, I I want to say I might have been sick in bed and I fell asleep, and maybe that's what soured my first time viewing of it. But or or it could just be the fact that. The last thing we had to do was Doctor Strange, which is just bland oatmeal of a movie. Yeah, or- I mean, it's it better than a lot of these, but it's just like, you know, crawling over a bar that's buried in the um, But I I quite enjoyed it. It's um, not a, still not a su- the Suicide Squad, not a Slither, um, but I, I, I will say this is probably the most I've enjoyed a Marvel movie definitely since the first Avenger. I would say, I think this is a better movie than first Avenger. It's definitely better than the first guardians of the galaxy. Um, 
All right, guys, and Stu is Stu is going to be firing me after this episode for being too cringe. Goodbye, everybody. Well, so no, when's yeah, the episode? No, if anyone's going to be firing anyone from the show, it's not me firing you. Hmm. I I I mean I don't know. I just I didn't buy any of it. Like, it, it, and it's hard to explain why because I feel like it's just a deficiency of little things. Um, but like I just like all the character. This is a, a comparison I made in our text chat. Is like, do you, you know those sliding block puzzles? You like have the little Tetris? blocks. You got to slide them. No, no. Like you have those little little tiles, not blocks, tiles, sliding tiles. Oh, like the that puzzles? you make into a picture. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, hate, I fucking hate those. I yeah, never I hate those too. But um, I, I, like there's a lot of video games that would make you solve those too, which is always annoying. But um. This movie felt to me like that, like you, like all these are a Rubik's cube, just all the pieces mechanically sliding to their designated places, and it's all neat and tidy. But I just didn't have any emotional investment in any of it. Like I just didn't buy really any of it. Um, you know, like it was an amusing, relatively amusing film, but I just was just kind of. You know, aside from a handful of moments here that would make me chuckle a little bit, I just kind of zone in zone out mode um, the whole time. Should I just give my Should I just give my summary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> uh, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Galaxy Volume 2 is the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and the 15th entry in the never-ending Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's right, everyone. Give it up for... Number 15. It's also one of the very few Marvel products that comes dangerously close to being an actual movie and not just a two-hour-long Comic-Con reel funded by the Department of Defense. This time around, James Gunn got to write his own screenplay, instead of being forced to rework some intern's formulaic script to include basic storytelling devices like character arcs, setup and payoff, and more than one dick joke. Picking up some time after the last movie, we rejoin the Guardians and their pet Funko Pop as they protect a couple of MacGuffin batteries from an alien race of passive-aggressive special snowflakes led by size queen Elizabeth Debicki. To make the plot happen, Joe Pesci Raccoon steals said batteries because he wants to, which makes Peter Quill mad enough to call him a trash panda. Just before the Snowflake's fleet of remotely controlled space pods blow the Guardian ship to pieces, they're rescued by a guy on a giant egg who turns out to be Peter's long-lost father, Silver Fox Kurt Russell in another commandingly large piece of clothing. While Gamora and Drax fuck off with Peter while he's being groomed to take over the universe, Trash Panda, Funko Pop, and Bald get scooped up by Quill's old gang, the Ravagers. Currently a mutiny against Henry Portrait of a Serial serial Killer for not murdering a child who grew up to be Chris Pratt when he could. Unforgivable. I completely... 
Joining the crew along the way is Mantis, Snake Plissken's empathetic companion to help fulfill Marvel's Asian representation quota after people got mad over Tilda Swinton taking a perfectly good role from an old Chinese man. Asians are bugs. (laughs) (laughs) She's a bug in this movie. She's a bug. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Okay. Good job, Marvel. (laughs) You nailed representation this time. If if this sounds like a lot of contractually obligated setup for future Marvel movies, then you'll be shocked to discover that all five of the post-credit scenes that play after this movie have nothing to do with Thanos or the Avengers. In an unexpected twist of events, I ended up liking this much better than the first one. So sorry, everyone, but I'm going to get a little bit cringe for enjoying something that gave me the bare minimum of what I like to see in movies. My colleague is likely going to disagree with me, so enjoy the next hour of listening to, to a man talk over a woman for voicing her opinion. And, ah, low blow. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> I talk over men and women equally. I, 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 am, That's real uh, I am an egalitarian... Uh, uh, condescendor. Um, condescendor. That's a very condescending I senator. Am, listen, look, you might be a woman, but I'm autistic, so it evens <laughs> out. And it's not my fault. It's how I stim. It's how I cope. Um, you know, my my uh, my superior next era of human development brain just can't slow itself down, and and and, and I'm sick of being prosecuted for it, uh, persecuted for it. Uh, subjected to uh, uh, endless harassment campaigns. Um, everybody just wants to play kick the autistic with me. <laughs> I'm not taking it in. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, you know what? We're because I kind of want to start not even with the movie itself, but can we can we talk a little bit more? Because we only we we teased it. In the first Guardians episode, but the James Gunn's subsequent firing for Marvel over uh, uh, Nick Mullen tweets. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? uh... I I realized we didn't bring up the most important thing is who's the one who unearthed the tweets. Do you you know? Oh, I I don't remember. (gasps) Oh, it's Mike Grillamine Thernovich. Oh right, because he kept calling it right. Cause, well, I mean, because because James Gunn's one of those like, um, uh, formerly edgy Gen X guys that is just basically a liberal and feels really guilty about being edgy because they think it made Trump happen, and so they're just always on Twitter yelling at Mike Cernovich or or Candace Owens or whoever. <laughs> but like the, the funny, the funny, and I I already brought this up when I went on Fabiola's podcast. Um, Guys, if you're if you're still listening to this episode, and I, all five of you, I hope this you're still listening. This is going to be our, our best episode because there's um, not that much to say about the movie, so we can just just we can riff, just riff, riff. Uh, go listen it. to it's giving camp. Uh, they are great. I did another. Uh, I did a guest episode with them to talk about the Suicide Squad, so you can hear me be even more cringe about talking about something I enjoyed over there. Um, but I, I brought up on the podcast that we have Mike Cernovich to thank for like the best DCU movie ever to come out. 
um, just because he unearthed these Muldog <laughs> Twitter tweets from James Gunn in like 2011. Uh, and, Which, and, and as far as I remember, all of it is just like like how many dead babies can you fit in an ashtray type stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, so I I have the like this and this this happened like a year after Volume Two was released. So this is like, but we're we're still not like the the Christmas special just came out and the third one's not coming out until like March. So that doesn't it, mean we're, it, we're not going to get to that until like five years. It is, it is weird that to be like simultaneously running dc and making marvel movies that it's a, a, a monopoly um yeah. but i i have the like deadline article from well, like 2018 got, like, joss but... whedon got canceled so they needed a new yeah joss they needed whedon. a new guy um, and like james gunn like i comes out of like a very similar orbit he also likes to put nathan fillion in everything he makes what's very interesting is this deadline article does not <laughs> does not mention that it was mike gorilla mindset thurnovich who unearthed tweets, but get which is which is funny because Mike Cernovich is like an actual rapist. He's just oh, one he's, of those, a, yeah. he's a monster. He's, he's an absolute fucking man. monster. But, I mean, that's all of these guys that are, um, you know, everybody's a groomer. Everybody's a pedophile. Like, I mean, it's like literally like every person that's like freaking out about drag queens grooming your children. Yeah. And, and then you look at their Twitter history and like six months ago, it was, uh, you know, like you know, to 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 restore the traditional family, we need to marry uh, virile fourteen-year-olds. Like, there, there's there's nothing separating you from Jeffrey Epstein except affect. Okay, um, so deadline. Uh, James Gunn has been removed as director of the Guardians of the Galaxy series after a batch of old social media dispatches were unearthed Dispatch. that touched on areas like pedophilia and rape. And the latest shocking hashtag Me Too development in the entertainment industry. This was not a Me Too issue. Jesus. No, I think Me Too is for if you commit sex crimes. This is it's it. it anyways, uh, Gun was set was severed from the Marvel Comics universe after a slew of social media posts he wrote before getting Guardians of the Galaxy surfaced. According to Fox News, <laughs> why would you? Uh, they were posted because Gunn is an outspoken critic of Donald Trump and the effort was to knock him down a few pegs. Again, completely leaving out the fact that it was Gorilla Mindset, Mike Thurnovich. Um Did you know that gorillas have like one inch dicks? Well, that's why that's why he has the gorilla mindset. <laughs> have you ever oh my god, have you ever listened to like little audio snippets of of him like narrating that book? Gorilla mindset. I don't think so. No. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to send you a clip of this of Mike Cernovich reading his own book. Gorilla mindset shift. How many times did your mind spiral out of control? Your thoughts spun away, and you didn't know what you were thinking. Here are four actionable steps you can take to improve yourself. One, talk to yourself in a mirror. Rather than merely attacking yourself in silence, find a mirror, look into the mirror, and begin talking. Do not censor yourself. And as you're talking, look at yourself. Look at your facial expressions. Well, that's the person that your mind is hearing when you talk to yourself that way. Two, record those nasty voices. Get a tape recorder and record yourself. Again, don't censor yourself. Be real. It's like Elmer Fudd. Be very, very quiet. I'm getting gorilla pussy. Literally. Uh, Gunn has long been a provocateur who has drawn the ire. In the past, for his unusual humor, among the tweets that forced Disney and Marvel's hand were, 
I like when little boys touch me in my silly place. Oh, God. And another, the best thing about being raped is when you're done being raped and it's like, woo, this feel, feels great. Not being raped. Eh. I've heard much the, worse rape jokes. Yeah, yeah. No, these aren't these aren't shockingly edgy. They're these just are kind not of shockingly like, edgy. This these is shit ch- that shouldn't leave the drafts. They're just kind of embarrassing. No, this it's is just like, like oh, 2011 man, was, Twitter. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just like uh there were others that made that really, satirical comments funny. about 9-11 attacks, AIDS, and the Holocaust. Yet another described a monkey masturbating on a young child. <laughs> Wait, what's that tweet? I don't. I don't yeah, like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I want to see that one. That might be funny. That's uh, and his commentary that it made him extremely happy. These miss missive missives were not funny and entirely disturbing, given a preoccupation with fetishizing that. What? Who is? Who is the writer of this article? Mike Fleming Jr. It, it oh, was 2018. So, we had to take everyone, every single yeah, thing deadly seriously. It was like. You know, a, a a bad edgy joke is never just a bad edgy joke. It's it's a literal it's literal violence, and and I, I think we're finally exiting that era. Yeah, hopefully. let's um, um, ha- hashtag James Gunn did nothing wrong. You just like well, like I we say said, he did nothing well, yeah. wrong, but like being unfunny on Twitter is something that uh, we're all guilty of, except me. I've never made a bad post. <laughs> you've you've never my, made I, a bad I, post. Every one, of my, every one of my jokes is perfect. A polished uh, gem of, of wit and wisdom. Well, um, well, that's that's still in the future of... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It takes place in the present and, and the past. Um, it, it opens... Well, all right. So, the one so, thing... You know what? Um, because I did watch this movie a week ago, so it's not as fresh in my mind as I like it to be, but... I did get I did get scared for like the first five minutes because this movie opens up with uncanny CGI Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. He uh he's he's uh banging Chris Pratt's mom. He's got a bunch of cute names for her. He's really putting the schmooze on. And then he disappears into space. It's like Starman. And she dies. It is a lot like Starman. I kept thinking, what if they cast Jeff Bridges as his dad? Yeah, like that would also yeah. have worked. It would have been a different vibe, but like that would have been something. It is a lot. Yeah, I remember why. I remember when I first saw this, I was like, "This is a lot like Star Man." Jeff Bridges was already Obadiah Stane. Obadiah. Oh yeah, he was already an he was already Iron Man. Like you could switch him out. You could have put Kurt like, Russell yeah, they, in. That I feel worked. like they're on like a very similar caliber. I guess. Have Kurt and Russell you know, and Jeff Bridges could... ever been in a movie together? I, don't I feel know. like I that feel must like have happened should. somewhere, right? I feel like, like they should have. It feels like, like a playing brothers or something. But you know who have been? You know who is briefly in this movie as some sort of callback to the old Guardians and related like cosmic seventies comics alone. Tango and Cash reunion. Uh, unfortunately, they're never on screen together. I never. I'm sorry. Tango and Cash. I I've never. I'm Tango sorry. And, I'm Tango sorry. and the, the 1989 I'm action sorry. film with Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone. Tango and Cash. Where Sylvester Stallone plays the nerdy one. What big big dick? <laughs> yeah, slide? yeah, he's the he, he's he's the nerdy straight. He's the nerdy straight okay. man of the two cops in that buddy cop. Okay, movie. no, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell's like the the wilder guy, the the lethal weapon, Mel Gibson. Type. Sylvester Stallone should not. That's like uh, this is also a good. <laughs> he's wearing good, glasses, good, just like Tara Reid in Alone, Alone in the Dark. Um, guys, if you give us at least three dollars a month, you can go listen to our new. 
commentary on Uwe Bowles. Why can't Tara read? <laughs> Tara can't read. We did a commentary on <laughs> Warm the Dark that just went up the other day on uh, Patreon. So th- give us your money and you can listen to it. Um, we laugh about how Tara Reed r- can't read. <laughs> um, she, she's she's ter- terrible. She's terrible. Um, like, I, at least you'll say this. Like I said, this movie didn't ultimately work for me. But like, I mean, I've, I'm just kind of sick of Chris Pratt and his whole oh, deal. Oh, yeah. No, I feel Chris like the, as, as he becomes a bigger and bigger star, it's like you can see his charisma dissolve well, you know what? in the ego. E- e- speaking, uh, speaking of, of well... That's um, like they, like in this movie in particular, I don't buy any of his daddy issue stuff because it's like he's he's become too as an actor. He's become too big and he's gotten muscles and pectorals. And I feel like he cannot. I mean, I don't know if he ever really was great at it in the first place, but like I just can't like get any vulnerability out of him. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I can't oh, buy no, for a I, moment I totally that, that. He, he, he feels sad. I mean, the what makes it work, it, it works for me just because. It's fucking Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell can just make it work. Like, it, it, I mean, Chris we, Pratt we, is just we, like we, we do, you know. It's just like yeah. you know, I I know what to expect from him at this point, and I feel like as as annoying and like douchey and egomaniacal as his you know star persona is, I I feel the Peter Quill role is well suited to the sort of affect he has like he he fills I mean, a he, certain type. he didn't bother me in the first one but it's just i think as he he became more and more of a movie star his his affable qualities deteriorated and and the 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 just like like the the high school jock yeah. who yeah. demeaned everyone around him became came through right like you can just feel it but by, by this i speak it like now like by this point in his career you could just feel it oozing off of him like you just oh absolutely it's it's like he just he just reminds me of every like good looking popular kid in school that just tormented me when i was like 13 <laughs> i just i just find him viscerally repulsive now i mean but like the, the and i could probably beat him in a fight <laughs> like he's got all the show muscles but i don't think he's got it in him I don't think he's, he's got, got that like that. nastiness. Oh yeah, that too. But like, there's a nastiness that comes from having a chip on your shoulder that 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 uh, can overcome like all like muscles and, and former formal martial uh, arts training. Are you are you are you like a, a hair puller? In, like, oh yeah, I you, um, fight, you fight Scrappy. Well, I just I just go for the nuts every time. I just I just kick him in the nuts. <laughs> Wait, what movie was that? In this movie or I? No, that was Buckaroo Banzai. It was Buckaroo Banzai, I'm pretty sure, where it's just the guy defeats another guy just by kicking him in the nuts. Wait, was it? No, you might be. Was you, it Buckaroo you, I think you're thinking of the Chainsaw Man. Oh, no, I just am. Watched that. <laughs> oh, God. See, I, I just, my, my brain is so scrabbled. Oh, by the way, guys, I finally started watching Chainsaw Man. Uh, I fucking love it. Uh, Denji is Ken. Denji's literally Ken. Your, your um, cat. I don't know if we've ever mentioned Ken him in the actual is, show. It's just in the Discord. Well, his uh, orange teeth will eat anything, including puke. <laughs> I I personally haven't seen it, but I but I, I'm certain he's eaten puke at least once or twice in his life. Uh, stupid. <laughs> there we go. That's that's that. All those things describe Ken. Um, well, 
Segway, segway. You know, you know where the the moment I caved on this movie, it didn't take long. It was like you know, baby. The the intro, like the credit opening credit scene, is they're fighting this huge, disgusting intergalactic monster that wants to eat battery. Yeah, big, big, big Final Fantasy game boss fight happening in the background, it's and Mr. you just—it's yeah. like, a cute kind of gimmick where you just baby Groot dances around, jamming out to his tunes, while the fight just kind of happens in the background, and it's. It's kind of a joke. Like this movie keeps kind of making jokes at the expense of not paying attention to its big fight scenes, but then also is still, I think, a bit bloated with action for how also disinterested in it. It it makes its jokes out to be about it. That was a, a lovely uh, coherent sentence. Well, well, um, I caved as soon as like you know, Baby Groot starts jamming out to Mister Blue Sky, which is always going to be a pop. Like, I'm never not going to have a good time when I'm listening to Electric Light Orchestra. Come on. Um, but it's uh, it's when it's when uh, Gamora is like, Groot, get out of the way. You're going to get hurt. And baby Groot just waves. And she goes, she, Gamora smiles. She goes, hi. <laughs> then the thing hits her. That's And that's when I caved. I, I, it was no turning back. Like, there's, I started out trying to, like, live tweet watching it as opposed to taking notes thinking i was just going to get the same sort of like eh, eh, like bored mediocre okay sort of reaction but i got fat from that point on i started getting engaged um so and, and then elizabeth Debecki shows up and she's like all painted gold and they're they're like they're an well, alien race of like passive aggressive assholes who just want to one up everyone it's it's they're washed they're basically. I just yeah. Um, they've all they they've all just done eugenics to themselves until they're perfect and golden. Which is like they're they're so per, they're so peripheral to the movie, but like conceptually fun. I feel like they like again. This movie's got like, and and I think again like you know, you know what it is about this movie. Um, this this movie is as much as as a movie. I don't have like a lot. Of like like harsh critics like I don't dislike it it's it's fine I just don't particularly like it either mostly but um when I first watched this trying to because I remember liking the first Guardians a lot obviously I've softened on it now just because all the Marvel movies I just I can see the it's like I'm Neo in the Matrix like I just I just watch them now and I just see the ones and zeros <laughs> and I don't see a movie anymore um but uh. Every, everyone is uh, so, so I don't like Smith. any of them as much as <laughs> as much as I used to but um uh I remembered liking that first Guardians quite a bit when it originally came out and then I saw Guardians 2 I was at that point like like I like I for, kind of forgot about this movie in a way because I was like this and Spider-Man Homecoming the last ones I'd seen before doing the the, the show I but I was burning out on them I didn't give a shit about Doctor Strange I didn't give a shit about <laughs> no one should give yeah, a shit about I got about. bored halfway through Civil War um, but I thought, yo, Guardians, Guardians will be good. And I sat, I went and I watched volume two and I was like, Kurt Russell, like I was excited. Like that movie has a little, like, I had a little bit of a little flicker of excitement for when I first watched it. And I felt so blah coming out of it. I was trying to figure out why. And that investigatory process is what led me to this point and wanting to do this show and, kind of pick these movies apart as something that 
I personally get so little out of now. Um, but also at the same time are these cultural juggernauts that like, you know, barring a couple exceptions, uh, make, you know, three quarters to two billion dollars when they come out and they put them out twice a year. I think that that's more salient to sort of like more than like the content of this movie itself, because there there are things I quite like about it. Um, like it, it compare is just especially compared to the other Marvel movies like this one really stands out to me because well, we've got a lot of people of color, you know, green, <laughs> blue, gold. Um, those are colors. Like, there, there were like several things I've I've voiced on this podcast where I was like, oh, it would be really cool if a Marvel movie did like this or this, and this movie does two of them. One is there's the the one part like Nebula's kind of like cracking her bones back together. Like, I'd said something, like, wouldn't that be cool if, like, Superman, like, crashed into a building, then he gets up and he has to, like, twist his head back the right way around. And he, re- like, rebuilds himself like Christine. Yeah, and then the other part is, at the end, like, Kurt Ego's, like, reassembling his, like, humanoid body. And it's like a, so a I, skeleton. Like, I know it's CG, but, like, visually, like, conceptually. I honestly thought that sequence looked only slightly better than Hollow Man. But but we we agree to Hollow Man is good, or at least or at least I I think Hollow you yeah. liked it. I think you liked it more than I did. Yeah. I'm softer on on Hollow Man than, than you are, but but like Hollow Man also was just really mean spirited, as it should <laughs> be, as it should be. What yeah. but, <laughs> Paul um, Verhoeven mean spirited? What? Yeah. But like, but it was like, like, like I just visually most of this movie, like, there's a couple bits of set design yeah. I like when they have sets. The sets are, the you sets know, are like good. the sovereigns, the gold people in their throne room. Like, it's a little cramped, but it 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 gave off a bit of like that Flash Gordon energy with like really flamboyant production yeah, it was, design. It was giving me like which Derek I, I, I kind of enjoyed a little bit, like. Ah, a little bit like giving it too much well like you know more more like poppy populist sort of like less artsy fartsy but like you just like people painted gold and like the like sort of setting of it of like anachronistic sort of like technology because they they like they have like their their fleet they like don't actually sit in the little ships they pilot them remotely in like these uh like arcade looking kind of like pod things yeah that was a i mean the sense of humor in this movie was just like a bit too broad and i i don't actually like saying this a ton because i feel like it's too vague and but like reddit for me a lot of the time i don't know how better to explain it because it's again it's like a subtle differences but it was just a little too it's hard. I, don't, I can't. I'm struggling to to describe precisely what I mean by this. Um, but I just um, like is there just, is there I, a I certain this like scene or like exchange of dialogue you were thinking of? Let me let me bring up yeah my notes because I did have a few down. I just I I, I got cur- as as we were talking I was curious about who did production design on the 1980 Flash Gordon movie, and uh, one of the two guys. Uh, uh, who did production? Who's credited as like main production design on that movie? Uh, Danilo Donati. Oh, that's a guinea wop name. 
worked with Fellini and Pasolini, Yo! and he worked on he worked he worked on Sallow and Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Um. Sicko movies I still haven't seen yet. I'm sorry, but that hell yeah, dude. That's a that's a that's a real like you got those on your resume. Yeah, yeah it means did. you've seen some shit. Um, but yeah, so literally, literally, that guy saw shit. Like with the rocket, where he's always like he says something snide that pisses everyone off, and then he's like, "Oh, I winked with my wrong eye. I used yeah, the wrong eye to wink." Like that's just you don't have to say that. It's a bad running joke, and it doesn't like make sense to me like i don't get the joke um yeah i I don't like yeah i don't like when rocket tries to be funny like it's 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 funnier like just the concept of like a like like angry like i think they go i think they make drax a little too dumb sometimes too i i thought drax works much better this time around it's well he's he's more strictly comic relief and he's in more of the movie yeah, but, he's a lot funnier to me at least this time around. But like, I think I just there's times they just they made him a little too dumb. Uh, that's that's fine with me. That's but fine like Dave, with Dave me. Batista I like a is guy. really funny in the role. He's really funny. Like, he, he, yeah, he the, is, at the beginning, <laughs> when he, he's just like, I'm gonna jump inside the monster and like <laughs> and like rip it apart, and then they cut to him like just stabbing the inside of like, yeah. and it, it's clearly like. God bless James Gunn. That's that's clear. It's clearly not like he's not stabbing into like a CG thing. Yeah. That's like a real like they they had like a strip of yellow yeah. cellophane or something. But he's just he's got like a kind of enthusiasm. Like he he's so I committed like to that, the role yeah. and having so much fun that like he's just really really every time he's on screen you're just having a lot of fun with him even if a specific joke doesn't uh, land for me. Um, yeah, I think you know what that's that's. Also, maybe what really worked for me too is just like I could tell they had fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like more, that, I mean, more so than in these other movies. Yeah, yeah, like the winked with my wrong eye running joke just doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, it's it just, just like makes way sense. too stupid. And um, it's like the, it's not a matter of ranking with your wrong eye; it's a matter of winking. <laughs> or the whole like, like Chris Pratt's like insecure, like oh you're using guns now with Gamora. I thought guns were my thing, and it's like I don't don't do that anymore. This this whole oh we're all aware we're in a movie and arguing about what our bits are thing. Like stop doing that. Um, you know, I don't want to see unless the whole thing is like a completely absurdist parody or whatever end to end. Like stop doing that. It's really annoying. Um, the, uh, well, here's an example of a joke I thought was funny because it's, it's, it, it, there's no like obvious line lamp shading it when they go, they do the fly through the asteroid field thing, you know, the star Wars thing. Yeah. And they come out the other side and all the, uh, and all the, all the golden guy ships have just gone around the <laughs> asteroid field. Around, yeah. Um, and there's no, like, you can just go around the asteroid field line to like hammer it home in a really obvious way, which like. I appreciated and is there's not enough of that oh, in this I movie. I wasn't even thinking about it when they're like the only way to go through is through that asteroid field. The same and, and they're just just it's like uh you could go over it, stupid. <laughs> yeah, like, but like I said, yeah. so like like some of the jokes worked for me, but some of them, yeah, were just a little too broad and and dumb or a little too like 
the joke is there for the sake of the joke and doesn't really serve the character or feel appropriate in context. Um, like again, like all like it's a better Marvel movie, but like all the Marvel things are still there. And the ex- and that's the thing. When I first saw this movie, was like I could feel the the limitations of the Marvel brand and formula boxing in everything about the movie that could have been more interesting, whether from a production design and cinematography standpoint to a storytelling standpoint and the humor and everything. Right, like I could feel it. I, I, I could feel the like movie chafing at the chains and the collars of being a Marvel movie in a way that makes the relative best Marvel movies and kind of the most frustrating to watch. See, I felt um, it had much less of that problem compared to the, the first one. Like, as I said, I compared to like, like, especially all the other Marvel movies, like James Gunn wrote and directed this. Like, yeah, but he he singly like, wrote the screenplay. I can, but I can, like, yeah, no. Well, he like as opposed to like every other Marvel movie is written by like at least two or three people, and it's usually it's usually not the director. So it, no, it but, felt but like, like there even was a much more have, unifying vision here. Even though I could still see, I could still definitely see the limitations. That, like, that's what the, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Rel- relatively, yes. Relatively. Grading on a curve of Marvel movies, yes. But grading on a curve of movies, there's a ton of pot- – like if this movie was you know, still based on the same property, same people, whatever, but didn't have to fit the rest of the MCU. If, if it could yeah. just yeah. totally stand on its own just as a sequel to this other movie that can totally stand on its own, um, it, 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 it would be a much better movie and wouldn't have those I, same yeah, limitations. I agree. I agree. I agree. And that, um, and and that was and that frustration was the thing okay. that 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 like I said when I first watched it that bothered me because I'd see there like here and there there'd be like kind of a neat interesting shot and then the rest of it would just be swoopy cam just just swoopy cam the the swoopy cam plug-in for the CGI generated shot you just plug the coordinates in and the camera swoops in the swoopy camera way that all these movies have for their their action and establishing shots swoopy cam you can't you can't see what my hands are doing audience i'm doing yeah this is a this this isn't a visual podcast um Um, i mean it it, that brings up a good question of just like i've i've thought about this a lot just in in terms of like the mindset you're approaching any of these movies with and how that's going to affect i'm approaching them with a gorilla's (laughs) mindset gorilla Um, it's it's really funny that that fucking I I gotta send you a clip of it, but it's it's literally <laughs> just Mike Cernovich giving himself daily affirmations. It's like kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. Gorillas are always staring into their reflection in the in the, <laughs> in the watering hole there, and like beating their chest and going i am the king of the jungle i am the king of the jungle so uh you know i'm just trying to think here so uh so but like like, as as i was like what i was what i was saying is just i think the way i usually watch these movies and i think this is just like indicative of how i watch things in general is just like within a certain context. Like I'm watching this within the context of it being a Marvel movie. Like the like the in the context of like we're just coming off Doctor Strange, which was boring as shit. 
Um, you know, we're having 14 of these fucking movies firmly behind us. Like I have the contacts for all these, like, I, I know what they do. I know what I want them to do. Um, and this gave me like the minimum of that. And as someone who like, it, it's like, I, I'm like really thirsty for water and this is like, all right, tap water. You know, it's not a, it's not a pull in springs. It's not like Ta- tap water is the best water. Well, not if you're in Florida, not if you're in Florida, their, their tap water tastes like fucking dirt. Oh, uh, for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah. The, no. Well, Massachusetts, at least where I live, we have like the best tap water because we have like fluoride in it, but fucking Florida. What the fuck? Like where'd that Florida dated water? It's so bad. Um Yeah, fluoride kicks ass. We we shouldn't have stopped fluoridating the water. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Serious crap. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. Toothpaste companies spread that conspiracy theory because they wanted to sell more of their product. Um so I'm just trying to. I sort of think, so, um, yes, I guess uh, on that note, I'm not. I kind of make a point of not grading Marvel movies on the curve of Marvel movies. Like, I particularly for this podcast, I don't want to give them the I, benefit I, of the doubt. I, yeah, I unfortunately am not hardened enough to do that. I, <laughs> I, my, I, I, my heart is a fortress. I'm, I'm, I'm not hardened enough to do that. I say my, as I pull out my, uh, uh, sexiest man alive issue of People magazine yeah. starring Chris Evans. Chris Chris Evans and Baby Groot and all of them they can bang that, away. No, at the, these Baby Groot is a minor. They can beat their hearts. No, against, apologize, apologize. You're doing child exploitation fetishization. What? No, yes. that, that's not what I meant. I'm, I was making an allusion to Pink Floyd's The Wall. Was, the, the bleeding hearts and artists banging their hearts. I guess, but it didn't. It didn't land like that. So apologize. <laughs> I was. What did you think I was going to say? Baby Groot and Chris Evans banging. <laughs> uh, that's you know that probably like oh, don't give the internet ideas. Let's not do that. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Oh, no! okay. oh yeah. No! Here we go. All right. <laughs> All right. We're pausing the episode. Baby what Groot. are you going on? Rule34.com. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh, is there right, like a there's like a baby got. Groot with just got. like a giant dick? Well, there's a adult Groot with a giant dick. Okay. You could say he's uh, Gotwood. Um, <laughs> hold on a minute. Uh, what do we got here? Right, save search is off, but uh, yeah, they've got a uh, an adult Groot absolutely uh, railing out uh, Gamora here. <laughs> uh, that's not bad. I don't know how I should feel about that. Wow, no. Well, that's uh, going to be on your search history, not mine. I don't see any. I I am shocked at the restraint of uh, pervert artists here. Uh, this is all like no nobody's like jamming. Is there is there femme Baby Groot? Groot up in there? Is holes. there femme Groot? Uh, I don't see one. No. Oh wait, yes, yes, there is. With uh, with a, a leaf uh, bush. Oh my god! Of course. Here you go. Here, where's the chat? There's the oh, no. go. Here you go. Look at that. Uh. Okay. 
Yeah, that's the only like, time that's baby girl. That's clear. That's like someone's figure drawing. Uh, we've got. I, a... I, I wouldn't fuck her, but no, 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 me neither. We've got. You a get a group. splinter in your like genitals. Yeah, like I don't know if there's any kind of, I guess, tree sap lubrication. <laughs> um, no, people who like see that scene in Evil Dead and get really horny. Yeah, people, weird people, weird, weird ass fucking freaks. Yeah, um, there. I did see Groot railing Rocket. Uh, no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, hold on a minute. Oh, no. what's this? Oh man, what? He's, he's he he stuffed him up his ass. Oh no! <laughs> he's hammered in there. Oh, he looks no. like an ass quato. Oh no! I don't want. I don't want to see that. Actually, I don't want to see that. I'm not clicking that. I will not Fuck, be including right. links to Fuck. these um, in the episode description, but uh, you can. You can, uh, uh, assuming this hasn't been edited out, you can, you, you know how to find it. Um, the fuck? <laughs> okay, but that doesn't really even, like... <laughs> okay, it's not what I imagined. It, it doesn't look no, it's, as, like... No, it's, it, it's not that, like, it's not as quite as repulsive as you'd think. It's, um, it's it, it feels it, like something it made like, as a oh, joke, just, honestly. It, no, it's like, oh, it's just... King Dedede sweating and eating. No, no, um, we're now we're not even now you're not even looking at Guardians of the Galaxy board. I, I was just something I remember being a meme because uh, it was like in a, it was a, like a rule 34 drawing that if, if you had to look at it for a second to realize what it was that got like algorithmically reposted to like places that put it on shirts and coffee mugs. And that's what they called the, the image. Um, I digress. So I, I guess if we want to try and um discuss the actual movie i know uh, we're, the, we're, the, the, not, we're like 50 minutes in we're like barely talking about this movie it's like it's 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 fine i, I don't even like even in terms of like the production and and cultural impact or like like it's all like the movie is 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 like all the, the galactic save the world stakes are that thing where you just you take like very straightforward uh basic drama elements and character tensions and you just elevate them to fate of the galaxy stakes to 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 create a um well i will say like i I was just thinking of that that uh i just remember seeing this Lindsay, I don't think I watched the video. I just remember the title of Lindsay Ellis' video. Uh, the complex feels of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and the feels are very straightforward. They're not complicated. Oh, very I didn't even see movie. that. Okay. <laughs> well, this was like the uh, one that came out so like, okay. five years ago. But they're not R- complex. R- <laughs> uh, yeah, Lindsay Ellis never returning to the internet ever again because people on Twitter yelled at her. Um, that was. I, mean, uh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say that like. One of the one of the biggest complaints about Marvel movies is usually that their villains are just like completely unrememberable, whatever. This is the first time I actually have like found a Marvel villain really compelling. Like, I, like but grading on a, a curve bit, again, but I still it, feel like he's kind of underused. I can't, I can't <laughs> help but grade on a curve. Like, I, everything is underused because I don't think 
James Gunn should be directing anything less than an R rating. Like, well, I think more, this movie's me, got too many. This movie's trying to give everybody their little arc. And the problem with that is, is there isn't quite enough time or room for any of them to really develop properly. I think, I think it um, works pretty well. Like, in, I mean, in terms of, like, everyone kind of has their own arc, like, it, like... In, in a like I said, in a mechanical sense, yes, but in a... Did I, as an audience member watching the movie, get emotionally invested? Mostly no. Okay, um, I, I, I got a little invested... I got pretty invested in, like, the... Um, you know, we, we'll, we'll, that's another thing we can discuss just the whole, like, you know, marketability and like affectation of baby Groot and like baby cute characters in general. But that, but, that, like, that, I, that, I did that baby find Groot's myself... doing gangbusters, that, that baby Groot's, he's on the lunch boxes. He's, um, he's, he's, I, I feel they, like... they, they, they... wait, hold on, hold on. I got another, <laughs> I got another he's uh... looking up more porn, everybody. Hold on. Baby Groot dildo. Um, I was gonna say I got as a as a woman I felt pretty invested in the uh, relationship and the the arc between Gamora and Nebula. I I thought that worked pretty well. Um, it was like, it, it was one of the better things in the movie. Um, like it was the thing I thought one of the things I thought was more conceptually interesting. Um, but then I also felt like they have their fight and then they're just kind of well fine. Again, like a little, like I think this movie just needed to. Well, Gamora apologizes. Like I, I realize I never can like because her her whole thing is they were both raised together by Thanos and because uh, Big Purple Man is is very mean and sadistic. He would make them like fight each other, and the loser would have like a part of their body removed and replaced. And every time Gamora won, and hence why Nebula is like part cyborg because she lost to like Gamora every fight they had as a child and she's more she, machine she said, than she said, what? yeah well she like one of the better like acting scenes in the movie is actually Karen Gillum talking about like you know how Thanos would literally like remove body parts from her replace them like you know talking about the agony and how awful it felt and like you you really get a sense of just like okay this is this guy like the first time i've really felt like okay the thanos guy sounds pretty fucking scary um and so that that definitely like i i'm sorry i can't help the grade on a curve but that's relative to like building everything else in this bukake cinematic ip fest like that that worked pretty well for me it was a little edgier than what we usually get from these movies because she's like like you can tell it really fucked her up and conceptually it's just like horrifying like, it, about too. Like, that's one of those things where i thought like if the movie would was a little more focused well again if it wasn't a marvel like it could be more focused if it wasn't a marvel movie too right like it's oh well that's a given that's, too that's my thing with this whole deal and why i don't want to grade on a curve so to speak is that the mere fact of being a marvel movie limits the potential of the theoretical best Marvel movie to be better than fine. It puts a ceiling on what any of these movies can do, even under ideal circumstances with the most talented possible. Yeah. People. And you um, know what? I, I think that that's also why cinematic universes are bad. 
Well, that, and I think that would unfortunately also be the case with, like, I know people were discussing, I don't know if that fucking Blade movie is going to be happening, but they they said they would have to edit it down to a PG-13. No one, no one fucking wants to see PG-13 Blade. Like, fuck that shit. But it, I feel like even, even if, like, Marvel goes for, like, an R, like, a hard R movie, which I think they're going to try to do for, like, Deadpool 3, it it's still going to feel like it'll come up against, like, those restraints. It'll be, you know... Yeah, yeah. Well, Dead, Deadpool 3 will be interesting to see, like, what an R-rated, capital M, capital C, capital U, Marvel movie yeah. looks like. Because I'm gonna, I'm curious to see how watered down it will be. Um, because they're just like temperamental. I mean, they're also, I think, maybe getting a little desperate because they haven't been knocking out of the knocking out of the park this past year. I mean, they had that. Oh, Spider-Man uh, movie did really well. Yeah, yeah, but like they want, they expect, I think, like every single one of these movies. Yeah. Be a huge, and that's the thing with these companies because they, they, they plow so much money into each one of these and so many expectations. And they're so they, – they, I don't know if Disney is highly leveraged, but I'd assume with all the buyouts, they've probably got a lot of debt to finance all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like, a, it's like a Ponzi scheme. It's a house of cards. Every You plow all this money into something, it's got to be a hit. And even if you've got one big hit in a year, that can be canceled out by a couple – not even flops, but just underperforms. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like the whole thing's either the whole thing's got to keep accelerating or it crashes. So, like, just having like Shang Chi and the Eternals and um, uh, whatever the other one was that I don't even remember anymore. Black Widow. I don't know how well Multiverse of Madness did. I think okay, but. I guess I could. I, I, I guess it did okay. I just know, like, pe- people who were like looking for a big, like, Sam Raimi return were unsurprisingly disappointed. Well, and pe- even, even he know, came up okay, against the limitations. Of Madness made just shy of a billion dollars, so that did fine. Okay, but like, even like, well, I mean, like, yeah, to be honest here, like, aside from like Steven Spielberg, maybe. Nobody knows or cares who directed a movie. They have no idea. It means nothing to them. They only care about the actors. 99% of people who watch movies will just go, well, I like that actor. It must be a good movie. And that's like it. They're, uh, it's a pet peeve of mine because it's actually kind of a dumb way to evaluate movies. And it just leads to people spending $30 million to get a famous guy to sleepwalk through it. What if, what if I want to watch a movie because the actor's hot? I don't know. You just Google image search them. Yeah, but I want to watch him being hot in a movie. All right, I'll watch the movie. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I was just saying. I get frustrated with the normie approach to movies, which is just uh, based on actor recognition mainly, and then like, well, I. Oh yeah, it's just like yeah. If they, if they come out of it passably entertained, it was a good movie, and that's that. It's just like just come on, engage with art a little bit. <laughs> Please. I mean, and actually, that makes me realize maybe why these, like, why the casting aspect of these movies is so, like, is such a big emphasis. Yeah, because that's it's, the it's only. Because yeah, that's the way it's always on, been. That's the only yeah. thing normal people know about movies is, oh, I like the actor. Oh, The Rock. I like that guy. And it may or may not actually sell a movie, but that's like that's how most people it, decide it to watch like, a movie. <laughs> 
It'd be like, I feel like if the MCU were like a thing, if this were like a thing in like the 1940s or like 50s, like they would have tried to make like, uh, like Cary Grant Superman or something like tried to yeah. attach like a big, like, uh, oh, it's Catherine Hepburn as well, Scarlet actually, actually, Witch. You know what? People will watch a movie just based on the premise if it's interesting or a yeah, good trailer or word be. of mouth, but they don't care about directors and they don't like like having even a passing concept of like cinematic language or how movies are made is weird. Like that that makes you a, a small minority of movie audiences. So like anybody who's showing up to Multiverse of Madness because they give a shit about what a Sam Raimi is is one percent of people showing up to see that movie or something like that right again steven spielberg made himself a household name uh that's an exception to the norm alfred hitchcock i guess he managed to do that um quentin tarantino to an extent uh but like again it's a very rare thing um but uh yeah um so I guess going back to the movie, uh, one of the things I did want to try and uh, see, I, 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 this movie doesn't have like, I mean, we've, we've got the sovereign and it's like, well, I guess, yeah, just like in, an elitist snooty race of eugenicists. Okay. But I feel like there's not a lot of strong political valence or anything which is why i liked it it was because that's like going back from day one of an episode one of this podcast like we agreed that the thing that really makes these movies a lot less fun than like previous iterations of marvel movies is how like entrenched in like you know post 9-11 politics they are like whether it's like directly commenting on like the war on terror like uh just current events or just by virtue of being like funded by the Department of Defense, like this, just by virtue of you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, completely not having anything to do with Earth, you know that yeah, part is but- is removed. So I I was I think that also helped me personally glean more out of this than. The yeah, other it makes it a more or less aggravating experience yeah. when you don't have those those kind of. I don't feel ethically um, compromised. Well, it's an ethical compromise. It's more just like that, like pseudo politics, because it's always kind of gesturing at an issue, but trying hard to not actually say anything about it. Yeah, um, the, big, the biggest issue here is uh, don't don't go back to your deadbeat dad. Yeah, apparently uh, well, like, no. You, fam, fam, uh, blood is thicker than than water, but what's the uh, the much the thicker quote? than blood? Uh, come, come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do it. Um, um, is the the whole well yeah in a in short the whole like theme of this movie is like found family is just as which was just, like, just the theme of the valid, first one as, but like they, val- they really lean into it like God, in, uh, in this one they lean Yondu into it a lot and more. Rocket have that conversation Rocket's just kind of acting like an asshole just in a very unmotivated way so like I hate myself so I'm He's just gonna be horrible an animal all too. the time that's that's um, how angry animals act oh just trash I, I can hit, that's I, an example of things- like reddity. Twittery fucking people online who say stuff like fuck twat kind of dialogue that just I find really repulsive now, just as by the, the associations. Um, I, I kind of laughed at Trash Panda, but you know, I, I again, we've already established my 
uh, taste and humor is very questionable. We just had a little man save us by blowing up 50 ships. How little? Uh, like this? A little one-inch man saved us. Well, if he got closer, I'm sure he'd be much larger. If it's how eyesight works, you stupid raccoon. Don't call me a raccoon! I'm sorry. I took it too far. I meant trash panda. Well, I just, like, it's it, part of it's just cultural association. Like, it's the same reason now if I see someone say doggo, I just, like... No, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of, of a guy making a soy face on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, bean dad. <laughs> um... Everyone missed it, but Stu did a very but big like he has this con- He's like he's just kind of being a belligerent asshole the whole movie, uh, and then he and Yondu are just like he's just like I hate myself, and that's why I'm a prick. And then Yondu's like, "You're me. I also hate myself." Then Rock is just like, "I love my found family," and it's like very on the nose. It very just it's just like, well, here's the character beat. So here's the scene where it happens, and now it's done, and it's all like it's there on paper, but it's just a little too. A little too on the nose, a little too obvious, a little too just happening because it's supposed to happen. I just never quite bought any of it. Um, uh, and and uh, but I, I wanted to get to ego because I mean I think yeah, he, he's still a bit underdeveloped. About, we, we gotta we gotta but talk like more the, about Kurt Russell because it's the Kurt concept. Russell. So the concept of ego and he's named ego. It's very on the nose, and this is not a thing that's in the comics. Uh, yeah, his ego is not. Peter Quill's father in the comics. Yeah, so he's a, a big. He's one of the uh, the 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 uh, the celestial celestials. Thank you. I drew a blank there for a second. He's a <laughs> See, he's I a he's a space god. He's a big brain in space that built a planet around himself, and he set out on a quest. This is the this is the expo- this is the exposition you get kind of through the movie and a couple sort of dialogue scenes. He set out on a quest. To, to make contact with the rest of the universe, and we ultimately find out that he, he thought the, the rest of the universe sucked, so he's going to replace it all with extensions of himself. Hence his name, Ego. is a kind of total narcissist, solipsist. The whole universe will be me and a reflection of me, because I'm the best and most interesting thing. Um, and he's got a whole graveyard full of kids he made by traveling around the universe fucking... Fucking space frogs. Fucking, fucking, and I was mildly amused because he kind of conjures these animatics of his yeah, exposition. That was cool. And when, when we get to his second monologue where he's like, okay, I'm going to stop pretending to be a nice guy and just tell you my evil plan, it's like you, you see the animatics of like Kurt Russell making out with like funguses and mushroom women and octopuses <laughs> yeah, and shit. Yeah. Um, but they're all still Kurt Russell, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah, like 80s Kurt Russell. Yeah, too. So, like overboard, Kurt Russell. That's a. You ever see Overboard? No. <laughs> that's a. No. That's a premise really. for a movie. Um, does he? Does he go overboard? Well, no. Goldie Hawn does. Oh. Go, does Goldie he go Hawn's, after her? And well, go here's overboard. The, he he's he he lives in a shitty town in like Alaska or something, and he's just like a shit kicker carpenter. And he's hired Goldie Hawn. Is this a prequel to the thing? (laughs) Well, hear me out. Goldie Hawn rolls in on her yacht and she's a snooty bitch. And he does, he like builds a shoe closet for her on her yacht. Then she stiffs him. And then her husband throws her overboard because he's sick of her. Her her rich husband is sick of her. Um, And then she washes, she washes ashore with amnesia. And Kurt Russell decides he's going to get his money's worth. And so he lies and says she's his wife. 
and she has to live at his shitty house and raise his kids, and then they fall in love for real. Okay, that that sounds kind of kind of in the vein of like swept away, but it, um, it's such a like okay. '80s romantic comedy premise. Yeah, or I guess it sounded sounds... romantic to people at the time, but then if you really think about it, it's like very deeply creepy and very up. yeah upsetting. But yeah, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, you know, well they had, they've been married since that movie came out, basically. Uh, so like they do have a genuine chemistry in that movie. They, they, they was, um, that was that the movie that created Kate Hudson. Or wait, no, she's not Kurt Russell's. No. Who's fuck? Okay. Uh, I guess he's a he's named something Hudson. I guess. I assume. Um, I I guess. Well, let's. Kate Hudson was married to the guy from Muse for a while. Huh. Okay. Well, you know, can we can we talk more about Baby Groot? I, well, I, I wanted to f- talk about ego because his whole or, thing or, is or, like, okay, yeah, the, let's this, talk this, about this, ego. And he's he's seated himself across the galaxy, and he needs, for whatever plot reason, he he needs an offspring to be a power source to activate all his seeds and to just homogenize the universe into himself. And I'm kind of curious about this movie. Like, why is that? Because I guess it's like I don't know obsession with. Now, because I had a dad, so I don't always understand these things. The obsession with having a dad is, and, and, and uh, narcissism and solipsism and like out of self mythology. I'm actually my dad's a space god, and I'm destined for greatness. Um, which doesn't last long. Like they go in, which I guess I kind of appreciate. They go in skeptical, him and Gamora. Like this could be a trap, but then you know he ultimately is won over by his Kurt Russell dad, but only for like five minutes and then Kurt Russell just casually admits he killed Chris Pratt's yeah, mom that, yeah. because he, he but, loved her. He, he, he loved her so much that she might distract him from his grand quest to make the whole universe himself. So well, he I killed her and he gave her yeah. space cancer. Uh, and yeah. then Peter, and then he's, and then Chris Pratt's like, Oh, you killed my mom. I'm, I'm no longer mind controlled by you. And now we're going to fight. Um, also, I thought for a guy who's like a planet and he can like reshape matter at will, the boss fight was just kind of like he just it was like a video game boss fight. He's just a big face and he conjures tentacles of rock. But like he, his whole, the whole planet is him, really. And it's yeah. like you could have done a lot more with that. Like, I, I mean, but I again, guess. that's because the movie needed fewer things going on. I mean, I guess. So it could develop but... the ones it landed on better. Yeah. I I mean I'm looking at it like purely conceptually. It's so much more interesting than the shit we usually Can, get with these again. Movies. Like like on paper, there's a lot of potentially really interesting stuff in this movie. It's just the execution's a bit thin because the movie is limited by being an MCU movie and it's it's doing too many things at once by trying to give every single character uh, some sort of arc when we you, you can just have them be who they are and then like give them their arc gorilla mindset shift like, like you, you could have like saved some of these ideas for another movie for the next movie on down the thing right i guess Not, uh, yeah i guess um baby groot <laughs> baby groot <laughs> baby groot so oh i, we, I looked we, up there are no baby groot dildos but there's regular no the baby Groot dildo for it's what my old man would have called the wonder bread wop you know he eats his sunday gravy out of a jar i just want to see how depraved people are don't be why i want why? to see how depraved people are 
Well, clear, clearly no one did because you're the only one thinking about it. I, I look, I'm not, I'm not depraved. I, I just have the capacity to anticipate how depraved other people might be. Oh, sure. Slippery slope there from uh, conceiving a baby Groot dildo to searching it. You know what the next step is? I'm Chris Hansen. Why don't you take a seat? I don't know if you saw what I posted from the uh, podcast Twitter. Oh, something about I got. Oh, um, Richard, R- Richard, Gere I, Richard Gere had to get baby Groot surgically removed from his ass. It's, you can you can see that at the Richard Gere Museum. Um, baby Groot. So I we already jested baby like we, we called do, the do, 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 do. like we called the first Guardians episode like Funko Pops assemble for a reason, and that's just like a, putting aside my own enjoyment of like the story this time around like the guardians of the galaxy is first and foremost like a campaign to sell toys and that yeah, is they're, they're profoundly marketable well. they're profoundly marketable um and I the mean, most you've, marketable you've got a, a, a tree guy who's who's got who's the voice of the iron giant who's now and, a baby yeah who's now a baby which there is while you, you know, what's funny, this is actually this. Let me give some people some behind the scenes about like how we kind of know each other. So the reason me, me and Stu started talking actually is he was a consult. I I can call you a consultant. He was a consultant yeah. on my master's thesis, um, which I was doing on just like it was it was about like at the time like anime Nazis, but it was kind of more of a wider look at like people's like obsession with japanese waifus and anime girls and like there is a there is a vein yeah there is a there is a like vein of study around like especially like anime manga studies um like cute studies which really look at like the affect part of like why people are so attached to like you know cute things and whatnot and like it's it's the affective part that I think with the like making taking something and making it smaller and more like you know pocket size it has like I'm I can't think of specifically like one argument from like those uh studies but just like it's it's it it gravitates to our like natural instincts to like take care of something and like there's a reason like babies are cute it's so like wild animals or people don't like smash its bones up and kill it. Yeah, it's a survival mechanism. It's a a survival mechanism. We're 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 hard. We're kind of hard coded mostly to to nurture the the future generations because they're adorable. And just as you'd imagine, it's also a marketing mechanism. Um, I think the the best example of this in recent years is besides yeah, ba- like baby ba- group, baby, baby Yoda penetrated our hearts and and, and baby Yoda, which people I I mentioned like we know what baby Yoda's actually actual name and it's like Grogu. I don't know why I remember Grogu? that. I don't care. Yeah, just just that just sounds like something a baby trying to say an actual word would say. Uh, fuck it. People are still calling him baby Yoda. Cause it's just like it's it's the most like that is the most genius thing that like the Star Wars uh, cinematic universe it's, has it's come up with. It's the best idea they've had since Jar Jar Binks. Literally, it literally 
it it it's it it literally made Werner Herzog cry. <laughs> like he have you seen that interview? Oh, and he's he talking about how they they how they tell he was like demanding that they use a puppet. Yeah, or- he and he was like, I started crying <laughs> when I saw it. I oh, I love Werner Herzog. He should. Do you think he's ever going to be in one of these? A Marvel movie? Yeah. Well, he did Star Wars. He did Rick and Morty. It's entirely possible. I oh, can you imagine? Well, not like not not like direct one, but also just like be in one. Like oh, oh my be god, in one wait. totally direct one, never, never. But like no, be in yeah, one, never. yeah, I could see it. Like I said, he's like he did. Uh, we're going to I will do Star Wars. He will do a Marvel movie. But oh my god, could you imagine like our Werner Herzog Marvel movie, like directed by <laughs> Werner Herzog? <laughs> no, I can't. They would never let that <laughs> That's happen. Why it's funny. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, but like starring Klaus Kinski. So you know the drama <laughs> behind the scenes is whack. Speaking oh. of now, there now there's a guy who's getting canceled. Yeah, Klaus Kinski. <laughs> oh, that's. You know what? That's a that's a fun thing we can discuss because I I guess we're kind of giving up on talking about this movie. It's just I, like I, don't know, I I wanted to tease apart the ego things. I'm or, curious or, why okay. why that was the centerpiece of the movie. Is this now now I'm thinking of like theoretic like art house director takes on Marvel movies. Like Werner Herzog uh, Marvel movie would be very interesting. Um, like, well, I guess I would call yeah, him art here. house exactly. <laughs> Michael Mann. Michael. Pasolini's Marvel movie, um, but it's like late stage well, no, no, Pasolini, so he's going to get killed over it. That's well, that's the thing. That's the centerpiece of, of my whole thesis with this podcast is you take any of these guys, you give them a Marvel movie, you get a Marvel movie. Mm, it so doesn't matter. It doesn't matter equation. who makes them, right? Like you will get a Marvel movie. You, you'll, you'll, it'll have like. It'll, it'll, it's like homeopathy. You'll have the most diluted drop of Werner Herzog. You'll get like one or two shots or line of dialogue that will remind you of Fitzcarraldo. And then the rest of the movie will just be a normal Marvel movie. Mm. There, there we go. There's our, there's our mathematical uh, proof of our thesis. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's like, a, it, like it, it, it's, it's an acid. It dilutes everything you put into it. It's like you take a like a like a value times zero and Marvel is the zero. Yeah, yeah. X times Marvel movie equals Marvel Sam, movie. Every Sam time. Raimi times Marvel movie equals Marvel movie. Yeah, you know, one one times zero is zero. Damn, we we there we go. Uh, there's our so there's our takeaway. There's our there's what we can take away from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is that it it doesn't matter who you give these movies to or the constraints of the form will just result in uh, still a 90% generic Marvel movie solution. It's a, it's, it's a fucking can of Coca-Cola, man. Uh, Abel Farrar's Marvel movie. Actually, oh, never seen like an Abel Ferraro movie. Wait, you wait. That means you've never I seen need to Bad watch, Lieutenant. I've never seen Bad Lieutenant. I, I know it's on, it's on my list forever. Yo, <laughs> yo, Harvey Keitel shows whole dick in that movie, <laughs> it's, and it's literally, it's literally like the the poster for that movie is just his like cock out scene. You, I think you would really fucking love. I, uh, I'm sure I would. You, it's on my list love. forever. Right. Actually, speaking of. Uh, um, 
uh, Herzog too. I have I've never seen Portacal New Orleans either. I, was, I should probably do those like a back to back at some point. I need to. I definitely need to. I'm gonna. That's gonna be one of my goals for 2023. Just watch more more Watch more uh, because I I think his his Dracula is actually my favorite like iteration. I, of Dracula. Yeah, I really want to watch that. Uh, I still uh, actually, I've never seen uh, Aguirre. Klaus Kinski, Kinski, Klaus Kinski is like a simp for Isabella Johnny in that movie. And, I mean, like, who the, the be, score is so good. It's like, ooh, Miguel, can you clip in a little bit of uh, uh, the the score from Werner Herzog's Nosferatu? Just a little bit. Thank you. Actually, I was thinking of watching Bram Stoker's Dracula just because I, I think I, I think I might have seen it when With I was the a little hair. kid when it came out. Uh, but I've not seen it in any cognizant point in my life, but I'm just, it, it comes up great. in conversation every once it's, in a while. It's a great, it's curious great. about it. But the fatal flaw is Keanu Reeves should not be Jonathan Harker. <laughs> it's, it's especially like Keanu Reeves fresh off Bill and Ted, like surfer, just like, it's just like a, a guy with like surfer, like California, cadence trying to be passed off as like this is a guy in like 1889 <laughs> i'm just like Whoa, I'm, no he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> literally that's literally what it feels like um i uh i i um, love you keanu but that's even you i think would agree like you were not right for that role yeah i, I mean I don't know, there's things we could get into in the movie but i don't know if any of them are that interesting in and of themselves like uh, uh there there's I, a there's a microsoft zune cameo yeah which i you know what <laughs> i think you know i will i will allow that because the zune was long discontinued so yeah, it's that, not that's why it was funny yeah because it's not actively selling me a product i can actually get um so that that works for you <laughs> Even um, even at the time this was released, no one was like that. No, was the like Zoom 10 was years discontinued in like twenty ten or something, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Which, the funny thing is, apparently they were actually really good MP3 players. <laughs> they're just, I think they're just they weren't Apple, and they were they probably you know, like a little overpriced. Um, but apparently they actually were really good. <laughs> uh, MP3 player, you don't see a lot of those anymore. Yeah, because they're all just, in our damn phones. They're all just in our phones. Um, but yeah, I don't, like I said, like I, I, yeah, I don't know if there's actually any. Like I was, the ego thing. I'm curious because why that approach. I'm just kind of curious what it represents. I wonder if just after the success of Guardians One, Gun became a mainstream filmmaker and was like, uh, well, neglecting his family or something. And this is about uh- like. Well, I the, think I, the, I read the, something. The demands of your I'm, – I'm totally speculating. I have no basis for this. I, like. I read something <laughs> that like even – like like he had an idea of wanting like Ego to be the villain like around the time like the first movie came out. Like just when – just bef- like before they knew like the first movie was going to be a success. Like he already had like Ego in mind to be like – this movie like the thread of this movie he already had like the basic plot of like peter meeting his father his father's ego like that was but like it, i think he operated a, with that in mind this does like, feel a little bit like yeah movie. like gen x guy went to therapy at some point and um, then now this is yeah, like the okay. kind of movie he wants to make i, I, I don't know. it's just it's it is a kind of an interesting 
conceptually bad guy who is this like yeah just this kind of well his name ego is this, this kind of manifestation of solipsistic narcissism and, and but to have that be chris pratt's dad i'm just i guess it's still chris pratt well it is yeah and that's that's as, why as a guy like- actually in real life yeah he's like that guy but i'm just i'm curious what because i don't know like i mean i guess he's like peter quill as a character has has a bit of ego that tendency to self mythology, but it didn't feel like it was that big. I just I don't know. I guess I couldn't quite find the through line there. Like I understood what ego represents conceptually, but I couldn't quite find the through line as to why that's what we do with Peter Quill as a character. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh. And so I was just wondering if you had thoughts on that because I, I generally just couldn't quite tease out in a larger sense what they're going for there if it was just that was just kind of it. I I think it's just like you know, don't 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 be a narcissist. <laughs> I I mean I I a I think it was just like a very like obvious sort of like character story to tell of like a you know father-son kind of relationship and and that is again going back to like the bar of these movies being so low that like when something gives us like the minimum such as like this feels like a complete character arc or a complete little you know side story or like everyone has something to do it like that we're like yeah it's so it's 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 clearly that but um i mean i i don't know i didn't really think of it that much i i was yeah, like, I, I was i was too busy laughing when groot was getting different objects while they were <laughs> you, you kept telling him to get that they love that bit hey you want to help us get out of here hmm? there's something i need you to get and bring back to me in the captain's quarters there's a prototype fin the thing I wore on my head, there's a drawer next to the bunk. It's in that. It's red. You got it? That's my underwear. Yeah, I was pretty sure he didn't know what you were talking about. You have to explain it more carefully. It's a prototype fin. That's an Orlone. It's a fin, Groot. You explain it this time. All right. That's Vorker's eye. He takes it out when he sleeps. Go, look again. But leave the eye here. Why? He's gonna wake up tomorrow. And he's not gonna know where his eye is! <laughs> That 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 bit, yeah, where they, yeah, Rocket and Yondu are in the cell, and they keep trying to get Groot to get the thing they need, and that that was a bit that for me was like, I was kind of rolling my eyes at first, but then it just kept going. It, He's like dragging it, a whole yeah. desk, and a th- he brings back like a, a sliced off thumb, and it got so outrageous that it wrapped back around and actually kind of worked for me. Um, uh, so I'll give it credit for that, but I just, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, like I said, like, like again, I, I, in my notes, I keep mocking that Lindsay Ellis video because I'm just like, the feels aren't very complicated. It's, it's a very straightforward movie. Everything's on the surface. Uh, every every character beat is just stated in the dialogue, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a movie that's like it's not trying to be clever. Not, not that being obtuse is necessarily a virtue. Um, actually, I, I just I kind of actually want to talk about this a little bit. Like, okay, I I believe that it makes sense in situations for characters to just plainly state what they feel because people do that. You you can as a person just be like, this is how I feel, but um. There, there, there comes a point where there's a way of doing that, where it just feels like you're just explaining the plot to the audience because God forbid they, they need to, to spend five seconds thinking about what they're watching. Okay. Which isn't this movie isn't like the worst for that, but it's just a trend I see. Like the last few years, like a lot of stuff where the characters just, um, uh, just repeat. Like I had, to, I just hugely had this problem with the last Halloween movie, where the characters are just like, "Here are my themes and my character arc, and here's where I'm at on the arc," and then the other one replies, "Well, here's where I'm at on my arc, and this is what we're doing with our character arc." Like they're just turning to the camera and ex- like, like, mm-hmm. like podcaster recappers yeah. explaining everything to the audience, and so it doesn't feel like a natural dramatic person. Explaining or soliloquizing their feelings in an artful way, it 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 just feels like the audience are morons, and we want them to not miss a beat, and we want to give them a bunch of like le- like like therapy one hundred and one lectures that they can put on image macros and post on Twitter and say this is everything, this is so important, and th- this movie has a bit of that. This feels like an image macro movie. For, for for people to uh to, to 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 talk about how much it means to them and how important it is and and, and, and for, for, for 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 just the the biggest brand simps online to be like as a as 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 a as a queer read like theoretically bisexual but has only ever had relationships with members of the opposite sex person my my found family is so important and this movie is everything to me you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i yeah and i think that's like i i came to the realization that like not only is our our you know i think we're we're offering two you know we have generally like overlapping opinions but i i think we, we come at it from different angles you like know? You the, were, the obvious you... the obvious thing is like you know girl versus boy but i think i i look at things in a more like feelings based way and and you're much better at like taking them as like they are in terms of like you know their their mechanics and whatnot you, um, you know actually that's that's something i want to touch on for a little bit Okay. That's actually really interesting. That, and it's not really related to the movie at all, but something I think about all the time is that gendered distinction. I voiced the girlfriend opinion is what I was trying to say. No, no. I I was just saying, because that that gendered distinction in how to speak in generalities, men and women, because it's always, generalities are always riddled with exceptions and, and variances, but how in how men and women approach media. Because I noticed, like, you look at like your 
um, like your your quote unquote chick flicks or something is there is like it's much more like interpersonal this, focus yeah like this this movie even it's as straightforward like plot, as it really. is like it, it was enough to win you over to basically liking it yeah yeah um, and I think about like like my mom and my mom's not like an especially hyper feminine or a much less a dumb person. My mom's very intelligent. Uh, but Christmas time comes along, especially now that she's older and she'll just watch all those terrible mass produced. Oh God. Like Hallmark. Lifetime. Like, like, yeah. Hallmark Christmas movies. Oof. But they're, they're like background noise while she's playing with her yeah. iPad, but she will just throw them on. Um, and there is, like, there is a gender dimension to that. Like at the same time where it's like guys will, uh, extend a, a kind of greater forbearance to like a really dumb action movie if it's like, which I mean you will too. Uh, so it's like like it's not strict, but like we're against, there's an awesome scene where a guy gets his spine ripped out. Yeah, you'll forgive a movie a lot, but I, I find it and I do find it interesting. Like yeah, the the emotional engagement or willingness to emotionally engage is different, and I, I've always been interested. As to why that is and and how that works, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you, there's a reason you don't see like teenage boys writing fan fiction for you know meet. That's Very that's new. teenage girl shit. Um, so like I I think it like I I can't explain it. It's you know broadly the answer is what it's always is. It's you know broadly nature versus <laughs> yeah nature versus nurture you know. Just the the way children are raised, blah, blah 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 blah. So I don't I don't know. Maybe eventually we will see like you know more like young boys. I I didn't mean it to to sound creepy like that. It's just getting like laid on my end. We're we're sissifying <laughs> the we're next sissifying. generation of men. We're gonna we're, make we're, them write fan doing. fiction and cry. Um, but I just I I do find it interesting because it's not. Like, yeah, like, I definitely like, like, it's harder for a movie to engage me emotionally. It has to really hit me in a, like, I've got a few kind of emotional weak spots where a movie can kind of hit me. Um, or it has to be just in general really, really, really good. You know what was the last movie I cried during? What? And admittedly, I was high. And when I get high, I get a little more emotionally vulnerable. Okay. Uh, the this was a few years ago, and I watched it for the first time since I was a little kid. But it's something I used to watch. It part this is part. It was just after my grandfather okay. died, and I used to watch it at my grandfather's and okay. grandmother's house when I was little on tape. Uh, but I I barely remembered it until I rewatched it. The last the last movie I cried during was um, uh, uh, Rankin and Bass's The Last Unicorn. That literally my roommate like literally cried. That's like their favorite movie, and like literally cries every time they watch it. So I'm not There's, surprised. It's it's an uneven movie, but like when it no, that's it, a movie the, worth it's, trying. Its high over, points but, are really good, but like there's, I, I meant what I what I more meant is like it. What have you ever cried in a movie just because like not because of any sort of like associate mental association? Artex, you're sinking. Come on, turn around. You have to now. Please, you're letting the sadness of the swamps get to you. 
try. You have to care for me. You're my friend. I love you. Well, no, no, that's the thing. It wasn't, I'll tell you what made me cry because it wasn't, okay. I was just saying like, I was probably like, there was pro- like that association probably helped, but it wasn't like the main thing. Okay. Uh, like I didn't like the movie that I watched with my grandfather uh, a lot was Princess Bride. He loved that movie. Hell yeah. He's like, it's funny because my grandfather, like his affectation was very gruff, masculine yeah. kind of cowboy guy. Oh, but he loved Princess Bride. Oh yeah. No, he that's was, oh, no, so he was, he, he was like definitely a guy who was like, very sensitive and then developed that's so sweet the the exterior because he mm. had a rough childhood right and grew up you know in the 40s oh, and 50s yeah um he was like a greaser kind of in the 50s yeah. when he was a Hell teenager yeah. but uh but yeah no he well he loved princess brad because he loved inigo montoya's revenge plot mm. you know that mm. yeah it had, that's know, i want my father everyone. back you son of a bitch always like that yeah. always he loved a good revenge story but like he also like watching like children's choirs made him cry um weddings that kind of thing he was he was funny that way but uh with with last unicorn what it was and last like actually last unicorn is a movie whose emotional palette is surprisingly complicated for a children's film yeah um like it's got when when the unicorn is put into a mortal form and she's like i can feel myself dying dying. that's like oh shit that's some that's some shit to lay on. That's some existential man. shit right there. Yeah, but the the moment right in the middle where they meet the the woman who's part of that her, her husband's leading that kind of bandit gang. Yeah, and then she she's sees never, the and unicorn, and it's like, before. but she's been waiting because you can only see one if you can recognize it for what it is and kind of appreciate it. And she's like, "I've been waiting my whole life. When I was a child, I had all these hopes and dreams, and." And now I've grown up and had all these horrible experiences and, and become jaded and cynical and, and gone through all this stuff. And it's only now you appear in my life. This this kind of miracle yeah. I needed when I was young. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just like the – I forget who the voice actor was in that role. But she's but I mean that moment, that kind of – Yeah. I, I, when you, that, that's the kind of thing that only makes sense as an adult. That See, feeling, as, right? <laughs> which is interesting as opposed to me who – But yeah, like, I, the I, last I bawled time for I cried, a couple minutes. The last time I cried during the movie was was literally last week when I saw Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 again. Like that's – and I, I think that tells a lot. Like I, I literally can't count how many times I've cried during the movie. Uh, and and you, you had to be like, like, well, I was high – and it was like, you know, an association thing. So, yeah, I think that it's not like yeah. I cry. Like, I don't go out of my way to be. It's not like I'm like, I'm going to cry, but I'm trying really hard not to. It's just doesn't I let it, like I feel I the let it feelings, but they don't. I let it happen. See, I, I guys, try, don't, guys don't let it happen. I try and it doesn't. It just doesn't like quite come out usually. Unless it like it's just like the barrier is just naturally thicker. And honestly, like, I don't like I've seen some people talk about going on like HRT and how they can like they, they become like they cry more and more easily. And there might honestly be like a biological like it's it, not not to disavow that there's no, a whole social is, element to. But I think there I might think be there's like always a some biological or, element you know, to it. Yeah. Scientific. Yeah. Hormonal stuff is always at play. Um, but shit, like, yeah, words. like I 
but I also, I think I'm just like a little bit autistic or something. So I engage, like when I engage with movies, I usually engage with them more at a distance, just like at a kind of intellectual level in general. Right. I don't know. I just always thought that was interesting. Like I'm always like, what makes people like or not like things? How do they engage with them? Because, you know, like it took me a long time to even start to understand, like you mentioned fan fiction, like, like the, the coffee shop AU, where I'm just, you know, I'm going to take Star Wars or something and strip away all the fantastical elements and, and just, just turn it into an episode of Friends. And that was like, I always remember being like, wait, no, the the, the spaceships are the interesting part. <laughs> it took me a, a long time to even start to well, understand again, that they, impulse. They, they want to make it more yeah. character focused. No, I, I just, it took me, I'm saying it took me a long time to start to understand that difference in, in emphasis um emphasis all right well yeah, I, I, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're do you have any other the, any other thoughts no, on on that no but i but topic. we i we've already offered a bunch of other movies but i mean i i would say i enjoyed this movie so i'm gonna make my watch something else uh watch something too um so i i already mentioned buckaroo bonsai but yeah, even even the best marvel movies got nothing on 80s action slock mid-budget shit starring peter weller um yeah check out buckaroo bonsai especially if you like like flash gordon because yeah, it's, it's was... peter weller as like a rock star who's also a surgeon who is also uh a scientist uh who is able to travel into the eighth dimension and drives through a rock <laughs> It, it all makes sense. It all makes sense yeah. in the context of the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, the 1980 Flash Gordon is it's not a great movie, but it's it's got some really nice production design. It's it's weird. It's weirdly horny. It's just kind of a strange, it's a strange beast, but it's, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun watch if you like that sort of thing. If you enjoy something that to some extent intentionally and to some extent not is kind of campy and weird and it's like, I think uh, the producers wanted it to be. Oh, was that Dino De Laurentiis? But I think they wanted a Star Wars, but they got something very different <laughs> from yeah. it. Um, uh, the lead actor is terrible, but uh, you know a lot of the side cast are having fun. But it's you know it's it's enjoyable. It's a bit of a hoot. And I was gonna say, uh, as far as like uh action movies go and 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 kind of like action genre stuff with with the kind of skeleton of character stuff i rewatched point break a movie i haven't seen since childhood oh, okay i've never and, seen point break but that's a oh you'd love you'd love point break okay you love it uh because it's 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 a, a rare action movie for the female gaze because it's a, a because it's Catherine bigelow yeah you know so it's yeah it is like you know oozing with homoerotic subtext and uh, Patrick Swayze's having a lot of fun. His body is like a little bit like Charles Manson, uh, with okay. this kind of like manic, wide-eyed sort of like charismatic intensity. Uh, oh no, that's a great movie. Great, great, uh, great okay. action movie. Uh, a lot of like completely boneheaded cop behavior <laughs> from Keanu okay. Reeves and Gary Busey. It's a uh, no, that movie rules. It's 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 a it's a classic for a reason. Uh, it's awesome. It. It's got a ton of like honest to God real stunts and hazy uh 
start of like late 80s early 90s like hazy los angeles photography with the all the orange uh yellow sunsets and stuff uh yeah great fun great fun and it's a lot of yeah a lot of just like hot guys staring into each other's eyes and shit if you're into that sort of thing okay all right well uh it's 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 a reminder of what (laughs) like you know blockbusters used to be where you just take an insanely stupid premise but just commit to it so hard that you end up with something yeah great you just where where the the absurdity becomes the point it's like this is something you'd only see in a movie which is like surf cops doing skydive <laughs> hell yeah keanu reeves jumping out of a plane without a parachute <laughs> hell yeah man john wick no it rocks yeah um all right well i guess might as well wrap it up here uh so thank you guys for listening uh, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for listening. Now, I, I think we've got a good episode here. Like we're as I think as we go on and these movies become more terrible and yeah. homogeneous. Yeah, like we're we're uh, it, it's it's the stuff around the movie that yeah. No one, no increasingly one listening to this podcast matter. wants to listen to us talk positively about him because the whole the whole backbone of this podcast is we're we're better than this. So yeah, if if yeah, you're gonna sorry, if you guys. feel like you, you need to watch this movie, uh, you know, just Oops. learn how to do so without giving uh, Disney your money. They've got yeah, too much. Go to, your, go to your local library, like I did, and rent it there. Support support your local library, guys. Support your local library and support the the great digital library that is the the network of direct download sites. Uh, sites and google <laughs> drives that uh constitutes the the wonderful world of media is a moral imperative uh oh, thanks again that, for yeah. listening everybody uh at marvelous death on twitter for uh, updates and so forth uh uh patreon.com slash marvelous death if you would like to kick in a few bucks, just $3 a month will get you all of our bonus content. We've got a bonus episode, a couple commentaries, and we're going to try and have a, a Christmas special yes. Patreon episode out. Can, on, I, can uh, I say what it is? Yes, go for it. Can I say what it is? Yes. We're doing the Grinch, motherfuckers. Not yes. the cartoon. We're, we're doing Jim Carrey Grinch, bitches. Jim Carrey Grinch. The, the Grinch movie that has a key party joke. The, such a bizarre product of the, the turn of the century. Um, so I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, stay tuned for that. And have yourselves it's a great... It's going to be so funny to watch that together. <laughs> <laughs> have yourselves a great uh, whatever time of day it is right, for you. Right. And uh, thank you again for yes. Good night, good us. morning, goodbye, and good luck. Good luck. I want to do the Grinch. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I want. To- you want to do the Grinch? <laughs> okay, Beavis. Um. Yeah, this is. It's, um. Yeah, we're gonna do. Yeah, we'll do a Grinch. Grinch episode. Um. Okay. All right. Well, we're not. She talking said about the- do. She said do. <laughs>